BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm really excited for today's episode. He has a very handsome French accent and... If I've learned anything from Love Island, it's that accents, you know, you can really get away with murder because having an accent is just hotter. And Ruben is going to tell you all about how to approach people in person. Yes, I know what you're thinking. It's much easier when you have an accent, but he has some really good tips, really good tips that I'm really excited for him to share with you. But before we get into that, I'm going to answer a few of your questions And also, um, just wanted to remind you that if you live in Austin, we have a show November 10th. If you live in SF, we have a show, I believe it's September 10th. Uh, Nope, sorry. It's September 11th. And we have a show in LA September 10th, which tickets are not on sale yet. But if you want tickets to any of these shows... I will share them on my Instagram. You can check my link in bio and my highlights for all the information on our shows. They're also on our website, wemetatacme.com. Okay, so one of you reached out for me to discuss the situation on the podcast. And I really want to discuss it because I can relate to it so much personally. I feel like maybe you you can too. She said, I dated this person. I knew he was recently single, but we talked extensively about whether he was actually ready for something again, etc. He was the one that dictated the pace of the relationship. Like things were fast, but he was the one that suggested we go away together, become exclusive. I'm job hunting right now. And he was like, if you do end up in blah, 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 I'll do long distance for you. He texted me regularly, planned things, treated me super well. I felt fell fast. And I was nervous about that because I'm usually extremely cautious and guarded, but it was a setup and blah, blah, blah. Everything seemed perfect except that it was moving fast, but it didn't scare me. And then I was blindsided when he said that he wasn't ready for something more serious after I had let my guard down. It was a whirlwind for sure. I fell hard and I'm usually a pessimist and skeptic. So this has been hard for me to reconcile the one time I let my guard down and took a chance and got screwed. I genuinely believe he thought he was ready, but wasn't. So can you discuss this? Yes, I have been in a situation like this, not necessarily that they were just out of a relationship, but more that they were setting the pace and it was moving fast and I was skeptical, but I went along with their pace. And I feel like that's where the problem lies. Granted, this guy could have just not been ready and not been over his ex. So it's all situations are different. But anytime that I was in a relationship in the past and somebody was dictating the pace and it felt like, 
oh, I don't know if we're ready for that yet. Um, That's a little soon. Maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with him every day. Maybe we shouldn't be doing blah, blah, blah. But I went along with it anyway because I was just excited about the romance. Then I got screwed. So I think the bottom line here is if you are skeptic, if you are pessimistic, this is why, first of all, the rules help you because they you know, make it clear to you that this person is interested in you. But second of all, even if she was following the rules, I think that if you feel like something is moving fast or something is, you know, at a pace where you're not comfortable, don't just go along with it. I think that's what the bottom line is here. Say, I'm not ready for that or I'm not going to do that. We as women especially feel like we need to please the guy and, you know, jump in his exciting ideas. And the reality is we need to listen to our gut 100% of the time. If our gut is being like, this seems really fast, or I'm not, you're not usually like this in relationships, then don't be like this with this particular guy. I know it sounds so hard to do in reality, but in theory, in an ideal situation, we would be better about listening to our gut and our head. I want to revisit the topic of the chill girl. So I call it Teg, that easygoing girl. And she doesn't really exist. And we had this this poll question and I said, someone submitted and I said, are guys more attracted to girls who are chill or are more the opposite? The person who actually submitted this poll said, or are more crazy, but I changed it to the opposite because we definitely don't want to be calling people crazy here. But it was 64% they prefer chill and 36% prefer the opposite. Or they said that they think that guys prefer the opposite. And guys are included in this. I said, definitely the opposite. Chill girls finish last and also repress what they actually need. That easygoing girl is a farce. There are always exceptions. We all know at least one genuinely chill girl. But men love bitches and that's a fact. We have an episode on this called Why Men Love Bitches. So I definitely suggest you check it out. And then somebody responded and they said, you can be a chill girl and still put your foot down and express what you need. The opposite is far too broad a category. And this sounds more like type B versus type A to me, in which case there is definitely not an answer for that. Being easygoing is not the same as being a pushover in my mind. I actually really agree with this person. It does sound so black and white. And I know you... you often will hear my views and think, oh, that's so black and white. I think with the chill girl, like if by chill, you mean lets the guy walk all over you, then yeah, that's not good. And that's not what anybody wants and what anyone, you know, that's repressing your own shit. But if by chill, you mean like, you're just like, not that uptight, you go with the flow, but you do stick up for yourself when you have needs, when you have thoughts, then yeah, of course, then that's like, a chill girl who is also sticking up for herself. I think just, you know, the idea that you, oh, I don't care if you do this. I don't care if you do that. I don't care. Like that is somebody that a lot of us pretend to be when we're first dating somebody and then the real person comes out. And that is not a good foot to start the relationship on. We also had a poll question that was like, "Would what's a worse quality to have in a friend, insecure or immature? And I said that insecurity was worse because the reality is when you have an insecure friend and someone actually wrote in, so I'm going to read what they wrote because it articulates it quite well. They said, insecurity destroys so many friendships. I have at least two past close friends in their mid thirties who are extremely successful, but single and insecure about it. Their insecurities ruined our friendships. For context, 
They pretend to be supportive of people's relationships because they know that they should be, but they're too insecure and stuck in scarcity mindset to be genuine. They pick fights about things that don't really exist and make comments about significant others that don't really make sense and nobody believes. Worst of all, they pull away because they feel like they can, can't talk about it with people in relationships or are too embarrassed to admit how insecure they are to even talk about it or just don't want to see slash talk about the other person's relationship. I really think this is such a problem that no one talks about. And yeah. And so, I mean, that one's obviously very specific, but I will say there is a lot of insecurity. It doesn't have to do with being in a relationship or being not in a relationship. You can just be insecure about how that person feels about you as a friend. I've definitely been an insecure friend, but I think like in the past, but I think that an insecure friend is more likely to like fuck you over or this or that because they're kind of acting in fear. And I think this is the same with an insecure partner. I would rather an immature partner than an insecure partner 10 out of 10 times because insecure people are the ones who need to seek validation elsewhere, are more likely to cheat, are more likely to do things that you know they're acting out of trying to overcompensate for feeling insecure not even necessarily in your relationship, but in who they are as a person. And you it's just really hard to be around somebody who is insecure. So I think it's so important to build that confidence in yourself so that you aren't, you know, coming off insecure in your friendships and relationships. And you can do that by working on yourself, you know, working out, looking, looking at yourself in the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror of therapy, which is looking within yourself and kind of seeing how you can improve becoming self-aware and all that good stuff. Also, I really have been trying my best not to ruin it for you. So I haven't spoken about Love Island UK season eight yet. But if you're listening, it's time to get on Hulu, get on your friend's account, get on your ex's account. I don't care. You need to start season eight because we are going to have to be discussing this. When I first started it with Steven, he was like, this cast sucks. I don't want to watch this season. Two episodes in, he's like, this is fucking amazing. I'm vibing with the guys. They're so cool. He's like copying their moves. Guys, you got you got to watch this immediately, which actually the reason I thought of this is because somebody asked, how do you get a player to be a simp for you? And that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. If you're listening and you're like, what's a simp? A simp is like when a guy worships you, basically, like he's like simping. It's just like he he really like loves you, becomes like, I, I'm actually going to look up the origin. Hang tight. Okay. A simp is someone who does way too much for a person they like. That's hilarious. I love that definition. Anyway, there's a couple where he was like a player and he becomes a simp for the girl on Love Island. I think the way to get a guy to be a simp for you, I like to think that Steven's a simp for me, but he would (laughs) vehemently deny this. I think that you do it by being like a bigger player than they are, you know, like have them meet their match. And then they're fucking simping. So whether you're a player or not, just pretend to be more of a player than them. And then you're going to be just fine. Okay. Last thing I wanted to bring attention to a serious tragedy, which is that our polls have changed over on Instagram. If you're listening to this and you know anyone on Instagram or anything, I don't know. I doubt we can do anything except for just mourn this end of an era. Someone actually DM me and they were like, it's the end of an era, but it's the start of an age, which is a Taylor Swift 
line and it made me very happy and made things okay again. But it's still quite tragic. It really is. It's it's quite tragic. These polls, you know, we've been doing them for five years in the same format. They're switching up on the Instagram and, you know, a moment of silence, moment of silence. Okay. Thank you for taking that moment of silence with me. And I hope that you enjoy Ruben as much as I do. I feel very lucky because after having this podcast for almost five years now, I'm able to choose brands selectively based on ones that I actually believe in and want to recommend to you that I'd recommend to my best friend. And you're my best friend. So that's why we're now working with Way. If you remember, if you're a longtime listener, we actually worked with Way a few years back and I was dying to work with them again. If you haven't heard of Way, it is the most elevated hair care brand. They have products for every hair type and texture. Their product that is new, at least to me, is their Clarifying Detox Shampoo. It really deeply cleanses and strengthens your hair, which I personally need because I do wear extensions, which I've told you about before. And it's hard to know what's happening to my hair underneath the extensions. But I know that when I use Whey... All the good things are happening because it has apple cider vinegar to help exfoliate the hair, hydrolyzed keratin to smooth and shine it, and agents in it to help remove hard water deposits and impurities. It's really amazing. They also have a leave-in conditioner, a scalp serum, and it's really no no coincidence that their leave-in conditioner is one of the number one products that Sephora sells. Like the one of the number one, I actually, my mother-in-law got me like a bundle of all Sephora's best selling products and the way leave-in conditioner was on there and I got hooked and I ended up having to buy it over and over again because it is so good. And mind you, it smells unbelievable. This stuff smells amazing. I'm always forcing Steven to smell my hair when I am showering using way. And I really want you to try it too, because it is one of my favorite brands and you can use code ACME to get 15% off your purchase. So that's 15% off your entire order. Find your way now. Get a customized hair care routine when you take their quiz at theway.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I. So it's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code ACME to get 15% off. Do you have a primary care provider? Because I am a 31-year-old quote-unquote adult and I didn't have one until last week. And I don't even think that they know that they are my primary care provider. But they're really an amazing doctor and I could not have found them without ZocDoc.com. If you don't know about ZocDoc, you're clearly living under a rock because it is the only place that you should be going to look for doctors, therapists, dentists, orthodontists, eye doctor, whatever, whatever you're looking for, ZocDoc has all of the best local doctors to you. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. And when you walk into that doctor's office, you know that you're seeing someone who gets you, who was vetted by all these other people who saw them before. Stephen and I have used ZocDoc multiple times to find different doctors that we need for future family planning. I mean, anything that you 
possibly need that's, you know, right for you, you can find it on ZocDoc.com. There's a reason that millions of people are using it. It's my go-to to find a quality doctor. If you go to ZocDoc.com slash Acme and download the ZocDoc app for free, you can start a top rated search for your doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Acme. Check it out. That's actually where I found my first therapist. So, and, th- and that woman, she really saved my life. I'm not even kidding. So go to ZocDoc.com slash Acme, download the app and get started with the care that you need today. And action. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Gretzky. And I'm Natalie Buck. And together, we are the Net Chicks. We're here to talk anything and everything on screen, including what your favorite celebs are up to. And if you want to know what shows we are absolutely loving and hating, well, thank God, because we will be unpacking for you every single Thursday. So grab your Netflix and some popcorn because the chicks are coming. And scene. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the founder of Social Animal, Ruben. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a Thank pleasure. you for coming. So Ruben, how old are you and where are you from? I'm uh, 31 years old and I'm from uh, originally Paris, France. I can hear that. I can hear that. Uh, je, parle, je parle français. There you go. From the <laughs> south of France. <laughs> Great accent. I took French for like 10 years and I still am really, really bad at it. It's a very difficult language. I mean, I feel that learning languages in class, like I used to be the worst in English. Mm-hmm. I only learned when I started traveling to the U.S. Right, so exactly. I, exactly. I feel you. That's the only way to do it. So I'm actually going to France at some point this summer. I keep getting served up TikTok videos where like Americans are ordering in French, uh, like at a restaurant in France and the waiter, the waiter just like hates Americans. (laughs) Do you confirm that that's true? Uh, I think it was more true before, but I feel like uh, because Americans usually tip way more than French people, I feel like now you you guys, because France is not doing so great, I feel like people are much nicer to Americans now. That's what I've observed over the years. I'll check it out and report back. (laughs) So Ruben, what is your current relationship status? I'm single. Okay. And what is it? What is like Social Animal? Why did Mm. you start it? And Mm. what inspired you to do that? So I felt that, uh, you know, as a a person, I felt that uh, there's many moments in our daily lives where um, there's people around us. uh, And, you know, oftentimes we want to say things. You know, sometimes you walk into an elevator, there's people, you feel like saying hi. Sometimes there is someone in line that has a cool t-shirt, you want to give them a compliment. Sometimes there's a cute girl at the coffee shop, you want to go and introduce yourself and say hi to her. And I feel like there's all of those little moments where there is a human being next to us. And for some reason, we want to say something to them. But instead, we we doubt ourselves and we just sort of like, oh, it's okay, whatever. You know, we, we sort of like, don't do it, you know. And I also observed that... Um, you know, dating apps are very like prevalent. Like I would say 99% of people are on dating apps. Uh, but when you live in a big city, which I think I would say it's most of those apps users, in any given day without doing any effort, without going out of your way to do anything, you run into people that you're attracted. You know, like you, you run into attractive people that you would want to meet, but you can't meet them. And I guess there is a point where it's like, there is a person next to me. Uh, I, will, I want to meet them. But then most people, they're so, you know, talking to that person seems so unreachable that they would rather try to meet people through the interface of their phone 
rather than saying hello to the person next to them, right? And I find it to be uh, very sad, honestly. Uh, and for me personally, the way it started is, uh, so I used to live in San Francisco from 2013 to 2020. And I, so that realization about if there is a human being next to me and I want to talk to them, like I should be able to, to do it with ease. This is something that started in, I would say, my early 20s. And so I, I reached a point where I was meeting people everywhere, like Ubers, walking around, grocery stores, gym, just like everywhere I was meeting people. And at the time, uh, most of my friends in San Francisco would tell me that um, it's because I had a French accent and I could get away with it, but they would just get slapped. And whatever, I didn't think too much about it. And one day, the roommate of a very good friend of mine, who was at a very low point in his dating life, asked me, was like, hey, like, can we spend a day together and like talk to people? So I was like, okay, like, let's do it. And this guy had an amazing experience with me. Like we, we, we spent the whole day together. He met a lot of people. Actually, that day, he ended up meeting a girl that he dated for like about a year. Oh, wow. Um, and then from that experience, some other friends of mine who knew him and some of his friends, they were like, hey, I want to do this. And so this was maybe like five years ago. And so on weekends, I would take people on those like talking to strangers, like adventures. Most of them were guys who wanted to talk to women. But for me, I see this as like a branch of the tree. I think it's all all connected. And so I started taking people on those experiences. And I, in two years, so this was before I started YouTube, in two years, I did this with over 70 people. And as I was doing this, I was like, okay, like, I love to talk about this. I'm spending like almost all of my weekends doing this with those people for free. Like, uh, I think about this all the time. I want to be more serious. I want to do something more real. I want to reach more people. Uh, and then it took me a while to feel comfortable putting my face on YouTube. But eventually after two years, I was like, okay, life is short. And so I just, uh, I just started. That's awesome. And what is your technique? Like, what is what is it that you either say to people when you see them or that you tell people mm. to say? So I would say that uh, I don't think in terms of techniques, I think that there is a few prop, there is a few things that prevents people from uh, from being themselves, from expressing themselves. So the first one I noticed, and so those are things I noticed in my own personal journey. The first thing I noticed is that, as I said, like every day, there's a lot of micro moments where there's people next to you and you want to say something, but you don't. And the first thing I realized was that those moments, they happen to me all the time. And sometimes they're like, they seem so irrelevant, you know, like it's an old lady. She has a cool hat. You want to say cool hat. You think, oh, like who, who cares? You know, like what, what, what does it matter? But then what I realized is that first of all, I was creating this habit of always holding things in, you know, so constantly through the day, life puts a ball in your hand. You want to throw it to someone instead you're keeping in. And secondly, you prevent yourself from experiencing all of those moments, right? So if in the last five years, you had expressed yourself even half of those times, you would have met hundreds of hundreds of different people. You would have experienced all sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. And so your whole relationship with, you know, you would have been much more grounded, right? So it, it's kind of like, it's about, if I want to say something, I should say it, whatever is in front of me. So I would say that the first thing that blocks people is that they're conditioning themselves to, to censor themselves, right? To the point where expressing yourself becomes out of the norm, right? Like people say, oh, like, don't, don't bother. Oh, don't say that. Oh, leave people alone, you know? So that's the first one. And then the second thing is, uh, I think that people have a problem of um, relating. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, um, you know, when you see someone that intimidates you, whether it's because they're beautiful or they're successful or whatever the reason, I think it's easy for you to think like, 
you know, what do I need to feel so confident? You know, like every, I feel like every guy wants to feel like James Bond, you know, like coming out of the Bentley and right. like feeling like on top of the world. And one day I realized that um, the best interactions in my life, whether they're with some of my family members, my closest friends, or even some strangers, like sometimes you have great interactions. I realized that they're not characterized by me feeling a sense of confidence. They're characterized by me feeling a sense of comfort. I'm not really worried about what I'm saying. I'm not really worried about what people think. I'm just kind of chilling, you know? And I realized that um, that was the real challenge. The challenge is not how can I convince myself that I'm confident enough to talk to this person, but rather it's how can I look at people differently? So I realized that I don't really need any confidence because you sh like this is not, you're not jumping from a building to the next. And like, if you fail, you know, you're going to die. You know, you're, you're talking to people, which is something that everyone has been doing their whole lives, you know? Uh, people have this idea that they have to learn social skills, which I think it's funny because, uh, you know, you, let's say you want to learn piano and you don't know how to play piano, then you go from zero to one. You don't know how to play piano and now you're going to play piano. But in terms of talking to people, that's not the case. You know how to talk to people. You've been talking to people your whole life. Right. It's just a problem of consistency. There is some situations where you feel comfortable and there's some situations where you feel anxious. And so... Really, what, what I, my message is more like you have to realize that everyone is like you. You have much more in common with people than you realize. And you can talk to people the same way you talk to your best friends, the same way you talk to your family members. Like there's no, the barriers, the, the barrier is in your mind. Like there's no barrier. You can literally talk to people normally. And when I make videos with my subscribers and, you know, some, some of them, they start very anxious. And at the end, it's like, it's, it's a crazy like transformation. Mm -hmm. It's not like at the end they're saying words that they didn't know before or, you know, it's the same words. It's just, you know, how strangers make you feel, you know, do you feel that if you feel that people are so different from you, like if you really believe that in your heart, whatever you do, you will always have to jump that gap to talk to them, you know. But if you realize that people are like you, that everyone is just trying to have a nice day, everyone is uh, trying to make it, everyone tries, tries to be happy then, you know, you, you don't have to impress anyone. You don't have to be confident. You can just come from the, from the side and, and everything, is, uh, everything is fine. I need your feedback on if you would read a newsletter that I sent. That's what I'm working on right now on Issue, which is an all-in-one platform that helps you with business and helps you really get creative. I'm now kind of playing around with the idea of, do I want to create a newsletter? Because Issue is so good at helping you create and distribute beautiful digital content. And they've been supporting this podcast for a while. And so I'd love to make my newsletter on Issue the tools are so easy. All the resources are there. I just want to know if you guys would be open to receiving it. So slide into my DMs if that's something that you want. And if you haven't started using Issue, it's so such a great tool, I'm telling you. You can work seamlessly with tools that you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. It's great if you're a creator, marketer, designer, really anyone who wants to make standout content, whether that's on Instagram or for work, Whatever you're doing, Issue is a great, great resource to do it. You can get started with Issue today for free 
Or if you sign up for an annual premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use the promo code ACME. That's issue, issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME. Check them out. They have supported the podcast for a while and... You should support them because their platform is really amazing and it's there to help you make your content better. If you're over your content, if it's making you bored, you're not getting engagement with it, use Issue. Go to issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME. The going off birth control journey is endless for me and a huge part of it is my hormones are out of whack. I lost weight, gained weight. Now I'm you know, somewhere in between. And I don't always feel good. And one of the things that helps me feel good is eating meals that I know for a fact are really good for me, that have plant-rich ingredients that help boost my energy, support my digestion, curb my really, really bad sugar cravings, which get rough, and get your skin glowing, which I really need right now because my skin is crazy from going off. And even birth control or not, I love Saqqara. Before that, I love Saqqara. After that, I will always preach Saqqara. Saqqara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Plant-rich ingredients are what they're known for and what they are going to give to your life. For me, I learned about superfoods from Saqqara and I'm so happy that I did. The company is an amazing group of mostly women who are so, so sweet and they just want to do good by making these meals that people really, really like. You know, there's all these meal companies and I have never once heard anything bad about Saqqara. I've never heard bad feedback when I recommend it to my friends. They really, really love it. They also have an amazing detox tea. They've got bars, which are really good. I love their beauty bar. And their breakfasts are to die for, especially when you get lucky enough to get the granola with the plant milk. If you know, you know. So go to sakara.com slash Acme and you can get 20% off your first order when you just go to sakara.com slash Acme. You'll get 20% off your first order. That's sakara.com slash Acme. You do not want to miss this. It is an offer that is really good. And this food is fire. So go to sakara.com slash Acme. What about the fear of rejection or fear of somebody, you know, especially for women? I think men are more used to rejection. Like they know that it's expected. But I think part of the fear, especially for women reaching out, it's like, what if we put ourselves out there and get rejected? That's going to just make us like feel so bad and put us back. How do we bounce back from that? Mm. So I would say that there's two types of rejection. And I think the the answer that you're looking for is going to be in the second part of my answer. But I would just say that, uh, you know, at first when people are very anxious, I would say that they experience a lot of what I would call like false negative, meaning that you go and talk to someone. But if you're like crippled with anxiety, uh, the person is not going to like you, but it's not because they don't like you. It's just because you, they don't even know who you are. Like you, your personality is so diluted in your anxiety that it's not going to react properly, right? But let's say that eventually you get to a place where you, you, you're at ease, you can talk to people. 
I personally realized that I think that experiencing rejection is a symptom that um, you're not meeting enough people because I think that once you meet a lot of people, you realize that despite your best effort, there's on you know there's people you meet them you click there's people you meet them like there's some people you 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 uh, you've seen them every day at work for three years mm-hmm. you don't even want to grab coffee with them on the other end of the spectrum there's people you meet them very quickly you feel this chemistry right and so I find that meeting people that you genuinely really want to spend time with I find this to be a much harder challenge than. Uh, experiencing a moment where, you know, you're not matching with someone, you know? So if someone tells me, oh, I got rejected, I felt so bad, then I would argue that this is not because of that particular rejection, but that's because you're not meeting other people. And so, yeah, if this was your only bet, then now you have nothing, right? But if you meet a lot of people, you'll naturally gravitate toward those people with whom you, you, you fit more, you know? And so I think that People, in a way, have been kind of conditioned to, like, fit in. You know, I actually have a side theory that, uh, you know, when we are, I realized that uh, when you're in school, when yeah. you're a kid, you know, there is only a few people in that school and there's only a few clicks. And if you don't uh, get along with those people, you know, you're going to suffer. You, you might get bullied. You, you'll have a lot of problems. But in an adult world, you can meet people every day. And if you don't like them, you, don't, you never have to see them again. And so it's much more about finding your fit than like fitting in, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I feel that uh, rejection is just just an interpretation of of something, you know, but it's not, uh, it, it's just like a narrative that people have in their mind. But if they were meeting more people, they will realize like, no, actually there's people that, that you know, that that are magnetic to, magnetic to me. You know, some people, they love you, you know, like you don't even know why. Right. Um, so it's just like what you're saying is rejection is just, those weren't your people. Like those weren't the exactly. people that you were meant to it's, jive it's with. It's not meant to be, but if you're not meeting anyone else, then you're alone, you know? So it, it, now you're going to suffer from the, the loneliness and like your emotional needs are not going to get met and you, you won't have intimacy and you won't have this and you won't have that. But uh, I think once you start having more perspective, you realize that um, clicking with people, is, it's not even up to you, you know? And there's a lot of people that I don't like, so. What are the opening lines itself though? Like. For example, I have, we have mixers all the time. Like, what do you, what do you go up to someone and say? Hmm. And what gets like the best response versus something that's, you shouldn't say, you know? I mean, I don't know. Like if you see a friend in the street, you know, like you're walking around and a friend of yours pops out of a, of a store randomly, you know, what are you going to say? I'm going to be like, John, oh my God, what are hey. you doing here? But yeah. I know that person. So I have two things to say about this. Uh, first of all, um, I think that asking someone um, what should be my first line is kind of like if you were to ask a, a boxer what should be my first punch. I think, uh, you know, it depends on the situation, right? Sometimes the person is too far. Sometimes they're too close. Sometimes they're on the side. And so really what I tell people is to be present, you know, just focus outward. Look what's going on. Look at the person in front of you. Like one of the main things you share with people is the moment you're in, you know, uh, as you just said, actually, this one was my uh, realization when I was uh, younger is, yeah, when I meet my friend randomly, I just ask them what they're doing, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you, you would come. So I do tell people like uh, in the context of like dating, I think it's important for people to feel comfortable expressing their desires. I think a lot of people are not comfortable with their desires. They're too attached to them. And so, you know, like if I were to see, I would say the most basic structure, you know, you can give a compliment and then ask people what they're doing, or maybe they're wearing something odd and you, 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 you know, you, you say something about that, or maybe there is, 
you know, I, I don't know, like, you know, maybe you're meeting them, it's like lunchtime, you're asking them if they had lunch. I, I don't know, but, but, but I think the, the idea is that you have to be present. You know, there is no, yeah, I, I don't believe in lines. I don't believe in like structure. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, you, you, you should treat it the same way mm -hmm. you, you would say hi to a friend, you know, like you, you don't really think about the line, you know, like there's no, you know, you, you just sort of, it's very simple. Right. I actually find this is so weird, but I, I go pee a lot. Okay. And I find that I meet so many people in the line at restaurants to mm. pee, to use the bathroom. And there's always some, so I never bring my phone most of the time because I don't know, like I, I try not to bring my phone to the bathroom, right? What's the point of that? And I often find like I was just in line to use the bathroom this past weekend and the two people, there were two bathrooms and the two people in the bathrooms were taking a long time. And so, like, the people behind me were mm. like, oh, and I was like, I know, like, why is it, why are they taking so long? And then we were talking, you know, this place should really have more bathrooms. And, you know, it starts off just like something in common, mm. the fact that we're both waiting and that we're both annoyed. But then you realize, like, oh, the other person's just like also standing there. And I think having your phone is a huge deterrent mm. from meeting people. Like, forget being on dating apps, just actually holding your phone when you're out in person makes it really hard to connect with other people. Because back in the day, like people would be online for coffee and no one would have their phone. So everyone would be looking around, seeing, oh, this person behind me, there's this person in front of me. What about even the person behind the register? We're barely looking at them. Yeah, We're texting, look up, order back at your phone. And so I feel like that's like a whole movement in itself. It's like, how do we if we really want to meet people, we can't be bringing our phone to every place mm. or at least taking it out all the time. Mm. Listen, guys, I don't know a lot about interior design, but I know that these big companies, if you order one piece of furniture, you will get it in fall of 2027. But when you work with a company like Article, you will actually get it when they say that it's going to come. They've got fast, affordable shipping that's available across the USA and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. So if you are moving, if you are moving out and thinking about getting furniture for the future, if you want to get someone furniture as a gift, which is a weird gift to be honest, but... I don't know, maybe that's something that you're vibing with. Um, or if you want to redecorate your apartment because you're like, it's still kind of COVID and I spend a lot of time here and I'm sick of all my furniture. Or if you just want to browse their website, you really need to check out Article. The prices are very fair. You save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. We have tons of amazing furniture from Article. Our friends have tons of amazing furniture from Article. And what makes them so great is they combine the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. All of their pieces are sourced by amazing designers. So instead of having to hire an interior design team, Article is that team for you. And they're offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, you visit article.com slash Acme and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. Like magic. It's amazing. You just go to article.com slash Acme to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Check them out. We love them. We're grateful to be working with them on this podcast. They're a wonderful company and we hope you can find something that you love there. 
so something that I always tell people in the when I meet them is like talk to people like you you're already friends, you know? Yeah, uh, because I a lot say of, that too. A lot of people, you know, they you know, we all have different personas, you know, like right now you, you are in your host persona. When you're with fam- when you're with your family, you have a different persona. If you're with like strangers, if you're at work, if you meet stranger, you might be in a I'm meeting stranger persona, right? And so mm-hmm. some people when they meet strangers, they're like very polite. You know, like for example, like sometimes I have people in the in the in the videos, they, they go talk to someone and say, Hey, excuse me, uh, I don't mean to bother you. Like, can I sit on the bench with you for a few minutes and we chat, you know? And I'm like, who who's gonna say yes to this? Right, you know, like right. they're thinking, who's this person? Why do they wanna sit next to me? What are you gonna talk to me about? Just say hi, just ask your question, what are you up to? And then you know, you'll see, you know, if the person wants to talk to you, then good. If they don't want to talk to you, then you know, why would you wanna to talk to them? But uh talk to people like everything is going to go well. You know, you don't need to like build those bridges of like politeness and, hey, excuse me, and like to be like so cautious. And you have to realize that people are just like you and like it's so simple. Like I think that everyone is trying to do complicated. I think, you know, it's like you you see something you want and you perceive like an obstacle between you and that thing. And everyone is asking, how can I jump over the fence? You know, how can I go over that obstacle? And so, you know, they're looking for like lines, and like little tactics, whatever. I think what you ought to be doing is to ask yourself, how can I look at this person in a way that there is no obstacle and I can just walk up to them and ask them, you know, what are they doing? And I would even say that for me, the best uh, compliment is sometimes you have outside observers, you know, they should feel that you know, you know this person already, right, you know, like right. it should look like to them, it should feel like, oh, like they probably just know each other, you know, like it should feel like so smooth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I also think that it's easier when you are at like an event or you're at a restaurant or like a public place as opposed to on the street, because I feel like on the street, it's hard to not be seem creepy. But if you're at an event, you could be like, oh, how do you hear about the event? If you're at a movie, you could be like, what do you think of the movie when you're walking out? If you're at a coffee shop on the way to work, you can be like, is this your go-to coffee shop, you know? So I would actually um, disagree with that statement. Uh, I actually think that meeting people, so obviously when you're in any context is going to help you because you're both in this context, right? But I would actually argue that meeting people randomly is actually the most challenging exercise in empathy because, you know, it's like, at what level do you relate with people? When people, uh, you know, we've always met people through very strong context, whether it's school, whether it's work, friends of friends. And so most people are only able to relate to people at the level of the context. Oh, like, did you like the movie? Or, oh, like, why are you in this event? But when you meet someone, and I'm not saying, and first of all, like, I'm not advocating people to just roam around the streets to meet people. That, that That's not what I'm saying. Uh, the only thing I'm saying is that meeting people randomly has some like benefits that other contexts just do not have. Because when you meet someone randomly, you really have to ask yourself, like, what do I really have in common with other human beings so that I can build an interaction from zero, from nothing? You know, you like by default, you're a stranger. People, they may think you want them harm or like, you know, they have no idea who you are. And so, you know, the question of like, what do I talk about with those people, you know, uh, I think makes you go much deeper into what is the human, shared human experience, you know. And for example, once once again, like I have no lines, but when I was younger, one of the lines that I found was just asking people what they're doing, right? So I would just, you know, like I saw someone, like let's say I saw like a pretty woman I wanted to talk to, I would give her a compliment because that's why I wanted to talk to her. And then I'll be like, what are you doing? 
And then to my surprise, people would just tell me, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And then like from there, you know, I would say, oh, you're going to this place. Oh, and you know, then the conversation will sort of like organically grow. And from one thing to the next, now you're talking about like something else. And now you're having a full-blown conversation that literally just starting with the simple, like, what are, what are you up to? You know, where, where are you going? And so coming back to you, yeah, it's like, obviously context are, are easier. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why they're there. But meeting people... Uh, where they are. So, so, so I'm not saying that people should meet everyone they want to. I'm not saying that people should talk to everyone or that you should walk around the street to meet people. I'm just saying that whenever there is, whenever you, for some reason, whenever you feel the urge to express yourself, you should do it. And I think that life is well made. And many times you will want to do that in moments where there will be no context. Right. And I think that you will learn a lot from those moments. Yeah, I think um, you're right. I mean, I think there's more vulnerability in in going out of your way to talk to someone. I I actually, I will do that a lot with other women. I find it easy to talk to, easier to talk to other women that I don't know than to talk to men. But even, even men, like I, for my job, I am always recruiting men, especially for these dating events that I do. And so the other night I was at sushi with my friends. And when I was leaving, I saw a group of guys sitting, like waiting for a table. And they were all pretty attractive. And I was like, oh, I want them to come to my event. So I just went up to them and I was like, hey, guys, I have this event next week, if any of you are single. And then it's always like immediate response. Like like a few of them will be like, oh, these guys are single. Like they'll point to their friends. And I'm like, oh, great. And then I'll say to the single guys like, hey, what's your, you know, because I'm married. So I feel like it's less like whatever. Yeah. And I'll be like, what's your number? And I'll send you the information and then I'll do, and sometimes I'll get their number and I'll send them the info and they won't answer at all. But at least that interaction was fine. And so I guess that I'm, it's a little easier for me because I have a reason to be talking to this group, but even when I don't, and even when I'm just being friendly and I'm just like, Hey, like, what are you all doing here? Like, AK using your line of what are you doing, then it goes over well too. But but, but sometimes it's not a line. Like, you know, sometimes like, uh, you know, someone is doing something and, you know, like you crack a joke or, you know, you make fun of them or you tease them on something. Like uh, it's, uh, I really think that the answer is in front of you. You just have to be relaxed enough to see it. You know, uh, it's just that when people are anxious, they they get kind of like tunnel vision and then they look for things to say in their mind which ultimate, which, you know, inevitably is going to be disconnected from the moment because they're not reacting to the moment. They're just pulling something out of their head, you know? When is your birthday? September 22nd. So you're a Virgo. Yeah. But you're close to Libra, but you're it's Virgo. It's like the last day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever had a relationship because of a result of you going up to someone? Yeah, I actually had, uh, had a few, yeah. And what happened? Uh, what do you mean? Like why? Why, why didn't it work out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it didn't work out because ultimately um, those relationships, like the, the the woman in those relationships were not the the mother of my kids, I would say. Mm-hmm. What does the mother of your kids in an ideal situation look like? I don't know if... Uh, like what it, are some of the qualities? I'm not sure if it can be described by words. Uh, I feel like it's more of like an inspiration. Like I feel like it's more of a gut feeling. I have nothing uh, against my exes. Uh, I think they were all great, sweet, nice. Like they had only qualities on paper. Like it's not about a an attribute that they didn't have. It's just like a gut feeling that uh, it just wasn't the one. Like uh, mm-hmm. 
it's, it was more of a gut feeling than like a, a pros and cons uh, list. Yeah, fair. And how are you meeting people that you're going out with today? Because you're traveling a lot. I meet people everywhere. I meet people, I mean, since I've been in New York, I've met people walking around. I've met people in coffee shops. I've met people at Whole Foods. I've met people, some, I mean, at parties. I've met people going out. So um, you're not on the dating apps? No, I mean, I am, uh, I would say, philosophically. So I would say that if you live somewhere remote, like let's say you live in a countryside, uh, and you know, you in your in any given week, you never see anyone that you feel inspired to talk to. Then I think that dating apps have a, an actual value proposition. Like I'm not against the concept of like the app introducing to people. Like for sure, once you meet, then you know the chemistry might be there. And I'm not saying that good relationship cannot come from that. But I'm just saying that you know, if in any given week you censor yourself 25 times because you can't say hello to another human being in front of you, and then because of that, you're going to be on dating apps, then I think that's wrong. I, I, I mean, I think that that's a crutch, basically. And I think that it's preventing you from asking yourself deeper question about, are you able to be true to yourself? Are you able to express yourself? How do you relate with people? Do you have a good relationship with your desires? And so, yeah, and so far as I'm living in places where I see people around me that I want to talk to, I, 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 I am philosophically opposed to using dating apps. Okay, fair. I mean, if that's something that you think is hindering the connection, then I, I just hear you. So I don't think that the, it's hindering the connection. I just think that if those people were able to talk to the people around them, I don't think that they would be using dating apps. I think they would be meeting enough people that... I mean, I guess if you tell me every time I see someone I want to talk to, I talk to them. But then on top of that, I still want to meet more people. I'm still using Danny Gaps. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I feel that's very unlikely. What if you're a lawyer and you work till 9 p.m. every night and then you go home? If you really, you know, I'm not in people's mind, right? Yeah. So if you who are listening, you're a lawyer and deep in your mind, you, 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 it is true that you never see anyone. You never see anyone that you want to talk to. Yeah, I mean, then then go for it. But I, I would find that to be very hard to believe in New York City. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire poll questions. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. You've been talking to someone for five months, but they're moving eight. But you're moving eight hours away for law school. Is it worth it to try a long distance relationship, or should you focus on school and meet different people? I don't know. It depends. Uh, I would say follow your heart. What 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 do you feel? I mean, if if it's a uh, you know, it depends what the relationship is like. I don't, uh, if it's like just a whatever relationship, yeah, probably not. If you are in the relationship because uh, you you think that you're never going to meet someone else, then probably not. But if you feel like a very deep connection with this person, then I feel like when you have really deep connection with people, like whatever you're trying to do, like the people are still going to be in your life. And yeah. you know, think, like, like I feel like, you know, I, I kind of feel like with the when you're with the right people, things are kind of effortless. You know, mm -hmm. they just kind of happen. You know? I agree. I also don't think that you'd be asking that question if you really wanted to be with that person. Yeah, I also feel that if you're asking the question, then it's probably you don't want to do it. Do you think you have to have a fight and work it out before you can fall in love so it can bring you closer? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. And the reason I'm going to say that is because I think that some people, I don't know if you, I, I don't know, what, I don't know what that means to need to have a fight. I feel like, you know, some people, some people are wiser than others, you know, so some people are going to fight less, not because they don't want to fight or because they keep to themselves, but just because they're more, they're wiser. And so they're more understanding and they're more flexible. And so the fights are going to be, I mean, 
the relationship in which I had the craziest fights was my first relationship. I was in high school. I, we were like so young and stupid. We, we had insane fights, you know. Uh, right now, my uh, previous relationships, I, I'm not even fighting 10% of what I used to fight back then. And it's not because, uh, you know you know what I mean? So uh, Yeah, I, I just, I think that it is necessary because you see another side of someone mm, and like what comes out mm, in a fight. Like you I might see. think they're totally normal and then you get in a fight and they're like, fuck you, you fucking mm. cunt. Like I hate you. And then you're like, oh my God, this person doesn't know how to handle conflict. I mean, I've had conflicts and like arguments and things, but like, I don't know, when I think of a fight, I mean, nothing compared to what I had in high school. Like it was like right. screams and like, it was insane. Yeah. I don't know. Would you rather be not conventionally attractive, but wealthy or unanimously hot? Like everyone thinks you're hot, but you're broke. I think it would be hot. And uh, once I'm hot, then I'll make money. From being hot? Uh, starting, from from anything. I, I think that money, you can get it, uh, the looks you can. So I might as well, you know, lock in the looks and yeah. the money, I'll work for it. You can start an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> if someone that you've been on two dates with sends you a selfie of them and their friends, do you compliment them or just say that it looks fun? Uh, well, I don't know. It depends, the, it depends the selfie. Maybe I'll be like, uh, wait for me, I'm coming. I don't know. Depends what's on the picture. Uh -huh. <laughs> you should. What you should have done right now is to send me some picture and tell yeah, me what yeah, would you yeah, respond yeah. to this. <laughs> is it worth dating a close friend who you don't have feelings for, but checks off all of your boxes and see if it attracts, if attraction develops from there? No, I don't think so. Mm. I've uh, I've been in this situation and I I don't I don't I, don't. I mean actually I've I've been in a uh, there there were a lot of feelings but I've been in a situation uh, like that. And um, no, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't think so. I, I think yeah. things should be simpler. Mm -hmm. Post breakup, you meet someone who's perfect on paper and really likes you, but for some reason you can't get into it. Your friends say that you're just not over your ex and to give them a chance, but you're four dates in. Are you doomed or should you stick it out? So hold on. So I just broke up and I'm meeting this person. But you're not interested. I'm not interested? And but so, but like they're amazing and you should be interested, you mm, think. Should mm. you give them more chances? And is this person like, uh, they're like, I mean, because four dates, like it's nothing. Like four dates, I feel like. Uh, I think by four dates, you definitely know. No, no. But like, are you saying that like after four dates, the other person is like, what are we? Let's get into no, a relationship. No, but like you're still like, ugh, I can't. I still don't. Uh, you're trying to convince yourself to go out with them. I see. I mean, personally, like, uh, you know, if I'm not enthusiastic to see someone, then I'm just not going to see them. So yeah. if so sometimes I'm, sometimes there's people where, you know, if I think too much about, like, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't go too deep into like, Oh, is this person the right person for me? Well, like, I don't know. But like, if I'm happy to see them, like if I'm excited to see them, like yeah. I want to see them, then I'll go see them. That's what I think is so frustrating in heterosexual relationships is that women, we think that we need to convince ourselves to give someone a chance. And even our friends, like in what she just said, her friends are like, no, give him more of a chance. Guys would never say that to their guy friend. Like your male friends would never be like, oh my God, like Ruben, what do you mean? Give her more of a chance. You know? I, actually, I disagree with that. I, really? I, yeah. I think that it depends. I think I have some friends who are like that and some friends who are more, uh, 
Like, uh, yeah, if it's not working, then it's not. Uh, I, I'm personally, I feel like I'm more like, uh, I feel like I'm very like, uh, I rely on my intuition more. Yeah. So that's why I don't really do like pros and cons. And li- like, I just like, if it feels right, then it's it's good. And right. if it doesn't feel right, then I don't like I feel it. like that's the way to go. I mean, if I had to convince one of my friends to be with her husband, I would feel like that's, that's not. That doesn't yeah, feel right. Yeah, that's not good. Like, yeah. if, if anything, it should be the opposite. If anything, mm-hmm. I should not understand the relationship. But they like, should convince like, you. Like, 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 I feel like the right things in life is the things that you do despite of everything else. Right. You know, like, you need only one pros to kill a thousand cons, you know, and it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know. So that's the way I, I, I'm more like, that's more the way I think about it. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice, something that has helped you throughout the years or something that you want our listeners to hear? Mm. Let me pull the full quote because, one second. I love it. Let me pull the full quote. Ruben is getting us a full quote that he's going to read. Okay, so it's actually a quote by Bruce Lee. Uh, I know he's famous for fighting and for movies, but uh, he was actually a very philosophical uh, person. He said, self-knowledge involves relationship. To know oneself is to study oneself in action with another person. Relationship is a process of self-evaluation and self-revelation. Relationship is the mirror in which you discover yourself. To be is to be related. Uh, And in the context of what I do on the channel, where I take people and meet people, I always tell them, um, people's reaction to you is your mirror. You know, like a lot of times someone goes and talk to someone, they come back and they say, oh, the person didn't want to talk to me. Uh, and I say, no, this is false. This is just a failure of imagination. You could have talked to this person in a billion different ways and you would have had a billion different results. And so when someone doesn't want to talk to you, when someone is not nice to like there is no excuses for an interaction to not be pleasant. Mm-hmm. I've met married women that I, you know, I've met married women that wanted to introduce me to their friends. Right. I've met women in relationship where in the end we had like a professional connection I've had, you know, like, like there is no reason that an interaction is not pleasant. It doesn't matter if people are married, if people like interaction should be pleasant. And if they're not pleasant, you have to look into yourself. What did I do that inspired that reaction? Right. Because even though it takes two people to dance, emotions are contagious. And so, you know, if you come to someone and you're anxious, whatever you say, you're going to make that other person anxious. And then like you're entering this this cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so you should use your interaction as a mirror to understand yourself and, and move forward instead of just saying, oh, like, you know, she wasn't interested or, or like she didn't have time or like all of those things are, are just, uh, they're just, uh, they're just lies we, we tell ourselves. Yeah, that's very true. Ruben, thank you so much. Thank you so it much. It was so Lindsay. nice to chat with you. That Where can really everybody cool. find you and follow you? So you can uh, check me out on YouTube, uh, Social Animal or youtube.com slash Social Animal. And uh, yeah, I have actually a very um, exciting episode coming up with uh, my first uh, woman uh, on the show. Uh, you know, I'm a man, so I think m- more men relate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hopefully I want to, as I said, for me, dating is just a branch of the tree. And so I'm just trying to get as many different people as possible on those like talking to people experiences to show people that anyone can do it. And so if you're listening to this and you want to spend a day with me, talking to strangers, talking to people for whatever reason, uh, I'd love to meet you. I travel all around. So, you know, you can also shoot me an email at ruben at socialanimal.us and uh, we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Thanks, Ruben. Thank you so much, Lindsay. <laughs>